Poppy, what's going on, brother? What's up, dude? How are you? I'm good. It's a it's a Tuesday. We made it back. We made it uh back alive from Dulles on Friday. Chantilly. Oh. Potato tomato. Yeah. Made it at the Dulles Convention Center or whatever the fuck it was. It was the Chantilly Convention Center. Literally said Dulles on the thing. Mm. Jeez. You drove us there. You didn't even know where you were taking us. I knew where I was going. I just didn't know where we were going. <laughs> Makes sense of that one. I can't. Um, exactly. But we had a lot of fun. You, Reno, and I, three of us went down there. Um, we all got some pretty some pretty cool stuff. I think mm-hmm. you had the you had the card of the day. Yeah. Rashad Bateman, rookie patch auto to 49. Yeah. Um, I know I got a uh, take that all day. Lamar Jackson patch to I believe it was ninety nine from Louisville, Louisville patch. No, it was just a base. You sure? I think it was. I think I had a patch in the back. I think it's a patch. I could be wrong. Yeah. I know Reno got some some pretty cool stuff as well. He got a uh Justin Fields supernatural card. Yeah, you know, it's it's you know, it's a fun atmosphere to go to. I've talked about it a few times on the show before. That's where I got both the jerseys behind me. This mm-hmm. Stefan Diggs is about to be swapped out. Really? Yeah. Um, has some stuff. Tried to tried to sell it, get a little bit more money. No, no takers. No big deal. Not I'm not I'm not too bent out of shape about it. But yeah, the Stefan Diggs. That I think that I think it's time to maybe move on from that one. Okay. I don't know which one I'm gonna go with. I have a Giannis signed jersey, and I have a Johnny Manziel signed jersey. So one of those two might be going up above me. It's a Texas A&M. Yeah, ju- yeah Texas A&M, Johnny Manziel jersey. So that one, so it's not like it's a Cleveland Browns jersey. If it was, it wouldn't be going up at all. <laughs> um, But yeah, one of those two are going to go up behind me. The Ray Lewis is staying. Well, yeah. Ray Lewis is staying. The only way that the Ray Lewis would leave the room is if I, which I plan on getting one, if I get a frame for my bedroom there you go in which case we'll put the ray lewis in there okay but no it's like a, it's like it's like a fun atmosphere um where we went to it's one of like the biggest biggest shows in the country mm-hmm. uh it's more so it's it's not so much like a card thing it's more like a memorabilia thing yeah um, i mean they have everything signed helmets jerseys they do autographs not on Friday, but right, right, right. Like they had athletes there all weekend. There was, there was, there were signing autographs. So, so it was cool. Again, not Friday night, but like they had like C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud made made an appearance. Anthony Richardson, Zay Flowers, Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, the, the Undertaker. The Undertaker made an appearance, which that's that's pretty that's pretty rare to have somebody from wrestling that of that profile to be. To I think be I there. saw T. Higgins was on the board too. Yeah, T. Higgins. Um, there's a couple other guys as well. Um, they've had, I've seen, I've, I've seen Ray Lewis there before. So, so, you know, they, they have, they have, a, they have a lot of guys that go there. It's one of the, again, you know, it's one of the bigger places to go. Like if you're like a memorabilia guy, it's probably one of the biggest places to go to, um, in order to get them cards. It's a little bit like, it's a little column A, a little column B. Yeah. Um, there's better places to go for cards. Um, yeah, I can't tell you how many, like, just old-ass, like, baseball cards I saw. There's a lot. Where I'm just like, 
none of this means anything to me. Right. There's yeah. There's there's a lot. But then again, you know, there are people that are, that like grew up collecting that kind of stuff. Right. And like maybe there was something from the seventies, eighties that like got them into it. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a market for it. How big that market is, probably not too big. But there's a market. Right. Right. Um. But yeah, no, it was it was def- definitely a good time. I talked to Reno a few times about trying to get him, about trying to get him out there to one of them. We got you to come with us as well. It was a good time. I don't know if I said it on the show before. Um, I'm a big sports card guy. Have been for a while. You're getting into it. Reno's getting into it. Having people that are also into it makes it a lot more enjoyable for me. Sure. I mean, you can share finds, like what you get, stuff right. on eBay you see. Thoughts, thoughts about things, so on and so forth. And it's like, I'll like, I'll like talk Steph's gear off about it. And she just like listens to me because she's like the best girlfriend in the world. <laughs> right. And she doesn't really know what I'm talking about. She just knows that I am talking, um, which I appreciate a lot. But having people that, that, I can converse with about it makes it makes it much 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 different much. Yeah, I mean Sarah tries to ask me about it, but the problem is is I don't know enough right to intelligently inform. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'll be like, yeah, this is a base card. Oh, this is like an insert. And right. She's like, what's that? And I'm like, not a base card. That's all I know. <laughs> There's different levels to the shit. <laughs> right. Um. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. Not saying that everybody has to get into it, but get the fuck it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> get the fuck into it. No, it's a, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun hobby to be a part of. There's a lot, there's a lot of people that are, that are a part of it. Um, you know what I mean? Like you think to yourself, like sports cards. Oh, it's like a nerdy thing. It's like a kid thing, but you go there and there's like, like un- until you're actually there, I don't think you realize how much money is a part of like sports cards. I saw a Babe Ruth card go uh, that was sitting there for sixteen thousand dollars. Right, sixteen sixteen grand for you know newspaper clippings. R- right, it's almost a fucking newspaper clipping of a card. Um, you know it's crazy. Just uh, th- like the amount of money that's like there, and you know the crazy like the, like the nice thing is, and this is why this is what I think I like about it the most. Of course, if you like, if you know me, I was a massive sneaker guy, mm-hmm. massive. Like I, I still enjoy like a nice looking pair of shoes. I've cooled down with it, like immensely. Yeah, cooled down with it big time. But you know the thing, the thing with shoes is, if you can't afford it, you're kind of just like window shopping. Yeah. The nice thing with like sports cars is there's something for everybody. If you like, if if you got money like that, you can buy something for like eight, nine, ten thousand, sometimes even more. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, believe it or not, there are million-dollar cards on this planet right now, which is insane to think about. A piece of cardboard, a million-dollar plus. Yep. Um, but then on the, on, the, on the same coin of it, I think we took, like, what, a good maybe 25 minutes just to go through, like, a value box of things that are, like, $5 a piece. Yep. So, it was like, so like there's there's something for everybody, which is really, really cool, and I think that's what I like about it the most. Because, mm-hmm. like, what I collect may not be as hot as like sought after as other people so it'll be cheaper for me compared to you know some other things so it's 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 a it's a cool hobby to be a part of um 
Not here to talk everybody's ear off about that. No, but I mean, we told him we were going down on Friday. Right. Figured we give him a little bit of a recap. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, like you said, there's just something for everybody. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, like there you really said, is. we went through the five dollar box. There was a dude next to me. He was going through it. Dude made him a deal. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do the the whole box for two fifty. Like, I, I'm talking like easily eighty cards. Yeah, and sh- and shit like that happens all the time. I mean, I think I pulled what like fifteen cards out of that out of the fi- out of a five dollar box. Dude gave them all to me for sixty bucks. So four dollars a card. You can't really like like you can't beat shit like that. No, and some of them were like decent cards. They weren't just like base cards from like a blaster box. Right, like 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 it's it's, it's no it's not like it's not like like bullshit thing. Like there were autograph cards in there. Like there was two ninety nine cards. Like right, Sit, like car- cards that were numbered. All all that all that type of shit. So like I said, there's there's something for everybody. Um, that was the first time I'd been on a Friday, and it was significantly less busy. Yeah, and what's nice is I feel like uh, you kind of get a better like pick. Like you, like you can. You really do, yeah. It's, it's hasn't been as popping for long. Has stuff hasn't been like scavenged through. So like, right, right. But then again, on the same card of it, some people do. Some people could hold back until they know that the population's going to be there. Yeah. And I mean, through. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I, I made a deal with a guy to to move a few a, a few cards that I have. And I mean, through all Saturday, through all Sunday, there's going to be much, much more of that going on. I'm sure a lot of that stuff's going to be put back out so people can remake their money. Oh, yeah. He probably resold that on Saturday. Next day, he probably resold that. Right. Although so, he was an Ohio guy, and he bought a lot of Ohio State for stuff. Right. Him. I think the only thing that he got from me that wasn't was the... Um... <sighs> Ricky Waters that mm-hmm. I had? I think. I think, that, I think that was the only thing. But... um. Yeah, a little snapshot of how Friday went. It was a lot of fucking driving, a lot of driving. Yeah, you you had a you had a long day in the car. I put some I I, I put some miles on the whip. At drove least from, ten. Drove, huh? At least ten. At least ten. Drove from here to it's right outside Dulles Airport. It's maybe like five minutes away from Dulles. Um, just to give people who are people who know where Dulles is, give you a little bit of an example of how far that is. Um, drove there. We were there for about three hours, maybe a little less. Turned around, drove back home. I think I ate food quickly, and got in the car and drove to Middle River. Yeah, you. Uh, so I did. I think grand total was about four and a half hours in the car. Yeah, you had a long day in the car. Yeah, for sure. But it's all worth it again. If it was going on this Friday, I'd do it all over again. Um. Thankfully, it's not. True. Uh, from a um. From a, I don't really want to do this drive again standpoint, and from a financial standpoint, I'm glad it's not happening again. Fair. Um, but yeah, Saturday, Sunday, how did that go for you? Saturday was uh, an experience. Okay. Sarah was very hungover on Saturday. Okay. We had the Orioles game to go to. Yeah, purple jersey. You ain't wearing it. I thought about it. You should I, have. I didn't want to be a douche and wear it right in front of you. Who? What do I fucking care? Because you wanted it. Well, that's okay. Did get it. I'll wear the fucking floppy hat from Friday night on, on Tuesday. There you go. Well, we won't be here Tuesday. 
Tuesday's 4th of July, brother. Word. <laughs> I'll be here Tuesday. You'll be here Tuesday. <laughs> I fucking will. Um, I have to work that night. That sucks. Well, I have I have off Sunday and I have off Monday. And then I'll go back at 11 p.m. on Tuesday. That sucks. I mean, it's... it's but then again, that's, that's that's what you get with working overnight. True. Um, but Saturday, yeah. I told Sarah she's got to suck it up. We got to get to the game. It was a good game. Orioles won in ten on a Ryan McKenna walk off home run. Yes, yes. After a Felix Bautista blown save, he gave up a home solo shot to some asshole who had already hit one earlier in the game. That guy, fuck that guy. Don't remember his name. There was uh, two dudes behind me, and homie walks up to the plate. He's had forty abs. He's had four home runs. Dude behind me goes, "Man, he's hitting a home run like once 10, every ten abs, ten percent of the time." He's probably Toom! like, "I wanted to turn around, but we all shut, Will you the, shut fuck the fuck, fuck up? up." Like, God damn it! Right. Um. Yeah, and you know it's funny. You know we were so so we had um Steph's friends. Now one year old's birthday party on Saturday. Yes. That's a mouthful to say. Could I went just... to I went to, I, I went to I went to an event where we had to babysit and I was able to drink. That was how I interpreted it. It was a one year old's birthday party. It was a one year old's birthday party. Um, but where it was at her friend's parents' house and and her dad's a pretty big Orioles fan. Okay. Um. So we had the game. So they had the game on, and I think it was like four of us. At their TV outside that they have at their little bar area, watching the game, and one dude's like, "Man, he's only got one home run. I ain't expecting a lot." Turn around and walked inside. Next pitch, boop, Yahtzee. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, don't, I'm like, don't you ever come back out here and disrespect Ryan McKenna again? <laughs> Look, I know Ryan McKenna's gotten some shit before. He blew the game in Boston. I can say that. Um. But don't you dare disrespect anybody from the Orioles again. What is crazy is he was put in as a defensive replacement. And for, left? for In right for Anthony Santander, who was four for four that game. Yeah. I mean, it's a questionable decision. But then again, you know, when you put Felix in the game, you don't expect somebody to hit him. No. no like, like, like set aside a home run. You don't expect somebody to hit off of Felix. If you haven't. Go to check out my Twitter. I shared a tweet. Um, someone did an overlay of Felix Bautista's pitch. It's his 100-mile-an-hour fastball overlaid with his 91-mile-an-hour splitter, and they look the exact same until they're fucking not. Right. One pitch is still up at your nipples and one below your knees. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, Friday Friday was a little, it, it, you know, it was a little... It, that result was scary for the Orioles, thirteen to one, losing to Seattle. Um, came back around. They won the series against Seattle Saturday, Sunday, and then heading into last night, playing the. I mean, there's no argument. Cincinnati is the hottest team in baseball right now. Not anymore. Well, they they're twelve and three in the last fifteen. Twenty three three game losing streak. They are now, yes. But but then again, they were twelve and three. Twelve and they're twelve and three now in the last fifteen. 
And the only the only reason why they've lost three games in a row now is because they played they played the best team in baseball in Atlanta and a stellar team in Baltimore. A top five team in the Orioles. Top five team in the Orioles. So you play two top five teams, you lose three straight games. For a team that has no expectations, I don't I don't really think there's any shame in that. Let's see. But, I mean, that 12-game winning streak from Cincinnati vaulted them in the first place. That's true. I'd say Atlanta's probably the best team, or the hottest team in baseball right now. They're 9-1 in their last 10 and on a three-game win streak. Well, un- un- until they beat Cincinnati back-to-back, it was Cincinnati. Yeah. Well, I'm saying like right now, today. right, right, right now, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you there. Yeah, Atlanta. I think Atlanta overall is the best team in baseball. I, I really don't think it's close either. Um, I would probably agree. I mean, I know Atlanta; they're tied with Tampa Bay, both at 27 losses. Um, Tampa Bay's just played three more games than yeah, them, they, so they have a game and a half lead on them for that reason. Right. Um, but it's not like. Atlanta's not beating the shit out of people. Like, Tampa Bay has a run differential of plus 150. Atlanta's plus 110. Right. Um, another team that is playing, it might be one of the hottest teams in baseball right now, too, is the Giants. Yeah, they've started to come alive here as of late. Eight and two in their last ten. They did lose their last game. Um but they've been they've been playing some pretty solid baseball here recently. And um, they're starting to make a run at the Dodgers for a second place out in the West. If not, they've already passed them. I, I I haven't checked, so I could have my I could have my information wrong. They're a half game ahead of the Dodgers, two and a half behind the Diamondbacks. Yeah, the Diamondbacks, that's a hot that's a hot team right now. Corbin Carroll, their rookie outfielder, who was widely regarded the second it was depending on who you talk to, it was like Gunner was the best prospect in baseball or Corbin Carroll was the best prospect in baseball. Corbin Carroll's now looking like him. He's he lock and key rookie of the year. And NL, I don't know. In the NL, Ellie De La Cruz might give him a run. He's played for it. fifteen games. It's going to be the same thing as how it was with Adley Rutschman and Ellie, and Julio Rodriguez last year. Julio started the year in the bigs and played and did played consistent enough to cement the lead. Ellie's going to give Corbin Carroll a run by the end of the year, but the consistency I think is just going to hold up over the over the whole season. Again, Adley Rutschman was the better rookie last year. I think we just brought up Adley too late last season for him to make a run for it. Right, I think exactly. Ellie, Ellie's come up soon enough that he could. Ellie came up around the same time that Adley did. I think Adley came up later. It's been a full 162 since Adley's came up. Hmm. They came up about the same time. I feel like Ellie came up sooner, though. Is I mean, is Ellie's impact on the field probably going to be greater than Corbin Carroll's? It could be, but I will say this: Ellie Ellie might make a run for Rookie of the Year, but Corbin Carroll's making a run for MVP. Hmm. What are the odds on that? Let's take a peek. I think he's going off at the second best odds right now, behind Ronald Acuna. Interesting. Yeah. That dude, that dude knows how to play baseball. Yeah, yeah. Ronald Acuna is that is like that one guy who he's had some misfortune with injury over the last two three seasons, but the years that he has been healthy, he's been MVP. Right. Uh, let's see. 
player awards. Corbin Carroll is number two. Yeah. Plus 550. Acuna is probably what? Plus two something? Minus 140. Okay, so he's... Shohei's minus 700. <sighs> it like it, It's insane the fact that Shohei Otani... Shohei Otani is tied for the MLB lead in home runs. He also has a 3.1 ERA. <laughs> Um, let's see. Josh Jung is the AL Rookie of the Year leader at plus 170. Uh, Masataka Yoshida at plus 250. And Gunnar Henderson is third at plus 500. Gunnar's cooled off since his, since his hot, since his, he wasn't, it wasn't even hot. He was like in a fucking inferno. Corbin Carroll minus 450 for NL Rookie of the Year. Ellie De La Cruz plus 600. Yeah, I think that's too much of a gap already. I mean, Ellie could close it for sure. His impact is going to be incredible for what the Reds are going to do. He's already hit for the cycle in like twelve games in the majors, right? And and that that that's an incredible achievement. Ella De La Cruz, he's he's given a life to Cincinnati that they really haven't had in a few years. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, people are saying it's actually exciting to go to Cincinnati to watch baseball games now. They're selling out consistently at Great American Ballpark. Um, I will say, dude, Oriole Park on Saturday. I have not seen that stadium that filled in quite some time. Yeah, yeah. That place was bumping. And, um, you know, I, th- I, th- I think that's, you know, the Adley Rushman effect, similar to what Elliot La Cruz is doing. Well, I also think, like, I, I the, think... The Orioles are actually good now, too. That helps. Like, yeah. and, and there's some people that are coming because of that, but they were doing a pretty dope giveaway, the purple jerseys. Right. So I feel like a lot of people were there for that. And, uh, but, dude... I have not seen Oriole Park that that filled in quite some time. Yeah, you know, there it's 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 starting to fill up really really consistently. I still stand by it. If the Orioles make the playoffs, which at the pace that they're playing, I do believe they're going to do it. Um the the Orioles aren't only going to make the playoffs, they're on pace to host a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, right now we have the second best record in, in the American League. In the American League. We'll, but we'll have the first wild card spot. Right. That would give us a matchup with. Who would that give, him a, uh, give us a matchup with? That would put us up against. Let's see. Wild card. Right now, we have the number one wild card spot. The Yankees are five and a half games behind us, and Toronto has the last one. So they would play each other for. Or is it all. All six don't play. The two. Two teams get a buy, don't they? Now, in that in that the playoff picture works in MLB. No, I think the I think the number one seed gets a buy. Two plays, one and two get a buy. A one and two do get a buy. Yep, yeah, one one and two get a buy. I don't know if four and five is one game or if it's a set. I think it's a three game set. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so at that pace, the Orioles are on pace to play at least one home playoff game this year. As of now, right now, they're the number four four seed, so they would end up playing the... We would play the Yankees. We would play the Yankees in a three-game set. And then the winner of that would go on to play um, the Rays. Based on how this looks. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez Louise. Yeah, and then the the third 
So the worst division winning team, which is crazy to say, in the American League, which is right now going to be whoever comes out of the Central, um, they would end up playing the sick the the final wild card team, the uh the Blue Jays. Yeah. So the tw- so right now I think it's the Twins. I th- I th- I think they're leading the division. Um, well, it pisses me off because the Orioles would be leading in four out of the six divisions. Right. Um, let's see. Yeah, it is the Twins. They have a game and a half lead over the Indians. Guardians. Okay. My fault. <sighs> um, how not politically correct of me. Who gives a shit? Yeah, fuck them. Um, but yeah, the playoff the playoff standings as of now, if the season were to end today, which is still another three months. Uh, so it's a lot of baseball off to play. God, Orioles hosting the Yankees for a playoff game. The cheapest ticket's going to be like $220. Yeah. Golly. Better start saving now. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> um, it would be Tampa Bay would end up playing the winner of the Orioles and the Yankees. And then Texas would end up playing the winner of the Twins and the Blue Jays. Hmm. Again, best of three. Best of three. Yes. Not best of five, best of three, which that's interesting. Um, so the Orioles are not guaranteed to host a playoff game right now. Yeah, I think they do three, five, seven. That's yeah. how the MLB works. Yeah. Looking at, yeah, that's that's exactly how it's popping up here because 2-0, um was how the wild card series went. Then the ALDS is, of course, best of five and the best of seven. Mm. So a lot of baseball still left to be played. Um, the Orioles could legitimately make the AL uh, ALDS. Yeah, the yeah the Orioles the Orioles are looking in good shape to make the ALDS. And honestly, you know, I'm not really ruling them out for winning the division. Um, yeah, know, t- I mean, anything's possible. Yeah, t- Tampa Bay. Um, Tampa Bay is getting hit with 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 you know the injury bug right now. The Orioles are only four games back of them, and I th- I think the Orioles' schedule is a little bit more favorable coming up here. Um, well, and the Orioles have uh, they have help on the way too. Uh, Jordan Westberg just made his MLB debut last night. Yeah, um, one of the I think the number thirty four prospect in all of baseball. I think he was number three for the Orioles, three or four. I know he was number three. Um, I think he was number thirty four in all of baseball. Made his MLB debut last night, like we said. Um, started at second base for the Orioles. He made a ridiculous defensive play that almost turned into one of the. Most beautiful double plays I've ever seen. Yeah, um, there was just a little too much speed on the bases, but I mean, him and Mateo, they would, whew, they look good there. Um, like you said, Gunner, he's he's playing amazing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still Jackson Holiday; he's flying up the board. Um, he'll probably end up. Westbrook was thirty three. Westbrook was thirty three. Perfect. Um, Dude, Jackson Holiday's probably going to end up in Double A by the end of the year. Yeah. Um. There's still <clears throat> there's still room for um, potentially Heston Kerstad to make his way up, Colton Cowser to make his way up, um, Kobe Mayo to make I his way up. So Grayson so, Rodriguez to come back up. So when it comes to so Heston, I don't think we'll see this year, just because he just got to Triple A. Yeah, but he's killing it. He is. He is killing it. Yes, I, I I agree with you. But I I don't I don't see us bringing him up just yet, simply because of the fact Santa Dares removing the cover from the ball every time he hits it. 
Yes. Cedric Mullins is still Cedric Mullins, and Austin Hayes is tied for the AL lead in batting average. So, I mean, we are having outfield production, which is what I think is going to hold back seeing, you know, Heston Kirschad play this year. Um, I mean, Kowser, yes, I could see that for sure. Yeah, I mean, Kirsch, that was a, was a long shot. Cows are more, more so likely. Yeah. Um, I mean, at this point, and, and I hate to say it, but I think Kowser is more likely at this point to be a, a trade piece than um, he makes his MLB debut for the Orioles. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I definitely agree with you. I think that is something that is looking like it could possibly happen. Like, if the Orioles do want to get a ace pitcher or, like, a solid number two in a rotation— Giving up a the number fourteen prospect in baseball, it's a pretty good start. Yeah, it, it would it would def, it would definitely get you a lot. Um, I don't really I don't really know past trades off the top of my head. I think the one the one that really stands out in my mind, um, big time was the Juan Soto trade last year. Yeah, um, San Diego giving up Max Abrams, Mackenzie Gore, and a few other prospects, as well as guys who were already at the MLB level as well. Um, but it beats like trading Colton Cowser beats trading Anthony Santander. Right, yeah, and and I don't think Anthony Santander gets traded because of his versatility at first base also. Um I think there also is a realm of possibility that Ryan Mountcastle could possibly be on the way out instead of Santander. To I, ma- to make room for the outfield positions. It well. wouldn't shock me. I don't think it happens. I th- I think that's a long shot. I'd be shocked if it does happen. I would understand if it did, but I I would be very shocked. Um, yeah, I think um, you know the, the when it comes to the trade deadline this year, the Orioles definitely do have to make a move for sure. Um, hitting, not necessarily. Um, I unless some someone you know I've said it before, unless there's somebody on the market that has no business being on the market, I don't really see us making a move for a bat. Just because you know Adley Rushman's doing so great. Um, it doesn't matter who plays first. Santander, Mountcastle, even Ryan O'Hearn. You know they're all they're all hitting really really well when called upon. Mm-hmm. Westberg, I think he's going to be the new long term second baseman now for the rest of the year. Um, Adam Frazier has his moments with the bat. Uh, his fielding's atrocious this year. Um, True. I think last I checked, Adam Frazier's in the 99th percentile for fielding. That means 99, 98% of all second basemen are better than him. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm fine with uh, I'm fine with Westberg taking over second there um, and then having a rotation of Mateo and Gunner at short and then also rotating Urias and Gunner at third. Um, so, I, so I'll be honest with you. I think Mateo is about to find his way onto the bench with Ryan McKenna, and they'll be used as defensive um, – as as more of a defensive piece and a base runner, because he can't hit. He's and struggling right now, which we saw last year. He started the season hot. Right. Like I mean, was it a month ago on the podcast? We were literally like, "You got to talk about him as AL MVP right now." Right. He's cooled back down, but there's some things that you just can't teach that he has: his defensive ability, his speed. Um. And 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 honestly, I mean, I mean, his slump has been so bad because I mean, from what we saw to what he is now, I really don't even think it's. I I wouldn't even call it a slump. I think he's like, it's pretty bad. Yeah, I I think like, 
from the hitting perspective, I think the confidence is like not there right now. He's still hitting two twenty two. So I mean, it's not atrocious. His on base percentage is two seventy. His WAR is one. So he's still in the positive for all of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, I mean, he leads the team in stolen bases at twenty one. That puts him a third in the AL, too. I mean, his speed is just unmatched. Like, I knew Saturday at the game, uh, people were all pissy. So that was Cedric Mullins' first game back mm. um, as well. Cedric popped up um, into, like, foul territory over on the third base side. Mateo was stealing. It was a hit-and-run situation. And uh, they threw over, got him out at first. Like, I mean, granted, he didn't give a ton of effort to get back to first, but people are, like, pissed at him. And I'm like, the dude was trying to steal a base. Have y'all ever tried before? Right. Like, do you understand? Like, you put your head down and just fucking go. Right. People were all pissy with him. Like, that's not entirely his fault. Um, But, you know, but the fact that we have Ramon Urias as well, who who is very, very versatile in the infield as well, he's more of a, he's more of a hot corner guy. He's third base is more of his natural position, I think, in the, in the infield. He solidified himself as at, at least a... A depth third baseman, like it, he'll he'll probably continue to be on the roster. Wouldn't be surprised if he's a trade piece. I would I I wouldn't either. I th- I think the most likely trade piece here upcoming, if you're like if you're looking at the active roster of who we have, I think the most act I think the most likely trade pieces, um, for guys we already have up at the up at the bigs, is um, I think it's I think it's three guys. I'll say up fourth also because I think it's a little iffy. Um, Ryan O'Hearn. Okay. I mean, I mean the the in the limited time that he gets, the production's off the charts. Yes. You know, if if you give him more abs, that's a guy who's going to hit at least two sixty five. Sell so, him all his values high. Right. So, yeah. Get rid of him all the values high. I think. Uh, you know, a little a little bit of a stretch. I think Urias could be on the move, but I think the fact that we can plug and play him at second, third, and short. I think he. I think he'll stay. Um, and and his bat's not bad either. No, he's not a he's not a bad hitter. Um, as a salary filler, Adam Frazier. Okay. And because the upside is there, I think Jorge Mateo. I would I, honestly the the guy the guy that I would look to trading the most is Jorge Mateo. There's, I mean, there's a team out there that um, definitely values his speed, right, and his defensive ability. Um, if I was the Orioles, I would try to retain him for that reason, right. And 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 I, you know, I, you know, I hear what you're saying as far as that goes, but you know, the Orioles are so loaded in the minors, they have to like they have to make decisions soon. Oh yeah, I mean they they're gonna have to start moving off of some of the vets to make room for the youth to come up. Right. Um, the transition like it has to be a pretty smooth, um, transition. Like that was the thing I listened. I was watching a video earlier, and a dude on the MLB Network was talking about like you gotta give these young players the reps. Right. Like they you gotta give them the games. You got to give them consistent starts at consistent positions. You can't be moving them around here, there, and everywhere else, putting them in fucking, you know, in Baltimore and then in bumfuck Egypt the next game. Right. So, um, 
And and we saw what what that did to Gunner when he started getting some more games in, and he like early on Gunner wasn't playing every game. No, now now that he has become more of an everyday player, I mean you 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 see what Gunner is. And I mean even if he's not in defensively, he's DHing. Right. Um. So they're keeping him consistently in, and you can tell it's paid off. Yeah. I kind of wish they would have given that same leash to Kyle Stowers, although I know Stowers like it was it was rough. Yeah. The start of the season, but. Um, I just hope they do it for Westberg. Um, I hope they're going to do it for Kowser. I was okay with what they did with Grayson Rodriguez. He needed, he needed to go down and, and <laughs> I don't, I, and reset. Personally, I don't, I don't think you see Grayson until September. I hope he back up again when, I don't know. I, I when, when the rosters go to 40, I think that's when he's, you, that's when you'll see Grayson. Yeah, I mean, push comes to shove, come out, have him come out of the bullpen on a postseason run, right? Like, you know, it would come postseason time, pitchers like if you get if you get four innings out of your starting pitcher, you're over the moon, right? And and you know, I th- I think I think when when the Orioles do make a move, I think that's I think that's where, um, you know, I think the moves are going to come into play. Starting pitching, you know, we're actually not getting bad starts out of guys. No, dude, I mean. Kramer, he's doing he's doing pretty well. I think he's tied for uh, the most wins on the team. Um, come on, Kyle Gibson, he's doing he's pitching well for us. Yeah, um, yeah, they both have eight wins. Gibson has five losses. Kramer has three. Um, Tyler Wells, he's five six and three. Bradish is four and three. So yeah, I mean, you know the 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 starting pitching it is what it is, but I don't know. I mean, I, obviously, I would love to see the Orioles add a guy like Dylan Cease. That's who I've been like pounding the fucking drum for for the longest time now for the Orioles to try and trade for. But you know, to be to be realistic, I don't think we trade for a top ace guy. Maybe another good, maybe another solid starter, a guy we could put in there at number three. Behind Kramer, behind Kyle Gibson, yeah, I think that'll do the Orioles a lot of good. But what I really think the Orioles, Orioles really need to do is they really need to bolster that bullpen. Mm-hmm. Because right now, once I mean, once you once you get the starter out of the once the starter gets out of the game, you know, there's three guys that you don't want to see. It's Danny Colombe, it's Yannir Cano, and it's Felix Bautista. Outside of that, you know, it, like it, like if you can use those three guys and get you out of the game, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. But then again. Columbia is not going to pitch the next day. There's a chance Cano won't pitch the next day. And if Cano does pitch, Felix won't. Yeah. So, I mean, you got you got to add another guy onto the back end of the bullpen just in order to help things out. Like, 2014, when the Orioles traded for Andrew Miller, that was such a game changer. Because now you have Andrew Miller, Darren O'Day, and Zach Britton. Right. Like, that, like... Andrew Miller got paid because of his postseason run with the Orioles, mm-hmm. and of course that was that was when Zach Britton started taking off as, as one of the best as as the best closer in baseball at the moment. Um, I think Mariano Rivera was still in at that time. He was playing as the best. I mean, Zach Britton was a Cy Young contender. I'm I'm well aware. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, like like the run Zach Britton went on was historic. Mm-hmm. Um. But I th- I think the bullpen is really where we have to bolster. 
Um, maybe um, I like I, I don't I don't know who's in the market as far as like bullpen pitching goes. I would have to take a look at that and see who's like someone that would be good to add on. Um, you know who could be look who could be looking to sell all that stuff. I think one guy who. You know, he kind of fits the bill of what the Orioles have going on right now. And I think you can get him for probably pretty cheap. Um, I think one guy that makes a lot of sense for the Orioles, Orioles is Alroda Chapman. Okay. From Kansas City. Because you have... Then you have three guys that you're getting back to back to back. That throw straight gas. <laughs> Dude, just imagine like inning seven, eight, and nine. Like, at, like at that point, Yanir Cano is your slowest pitcher on the back uh, in your back three. Like, Dude. like, like your setups and closer, Yanir Cano throws the slowest. <laughs> That's insane. I like I, I that that may that may be more of like a pipe dream. Pipe dream. We've heard it here before. I've said that multiple times, and it's worked out, and it worked out in our favor. Um, I th- that's more wishful thinking. It makes a lot of sense on the surface, and it's 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 a guy that I can think of off the top of my head that'll work out. Um, just because Kansas City's so fucking abysmal. But, um, I mean, I'll be honest. There's there's a guy on that roster that like I wouldn't I wouldn't mind having myself. Yeah. And and I know like his value's down right now. Mm-hmm. That's Zach Greinke. Dude, dude used to be one of the best pitchers in baseball. Yeah, he's playing for the Royals. They're a bad team. He probably has a pretty lucrative contract right now. But his value is down because he's he's not pitching too well. I think he's like one in eight this season. But you also have to take into account he's pitching for the Royals. Like, how much offensive help is he getting in his starts? Right, right. I mean, he does have a five-something ERA. Not great. But you give him on a team with some new life, some new energy, like a, a winning and contending team, I think Zach Greinke could... Um, Throw him in the bullpen. Yeah, I, I, I think he could he could come around. If, look, if he's number five in the rotation, I don't think you're upset about it. Yeah, I mean, so, so, so trading for a guy for the Orioles that hasn't had a lot of success this year and putting him in the starting lineup, that scares me. Well, it, sure, but he's had success in the past. Like I said, he's playing for the Royals right now, dude. Right. I mean, they who who do they have over there? Right. Um, you know, starting pitching. You know, one guy that I really could see the Orioles making a run at, and you know, going back to the Andrew Miller trade, this is a guy that the Orioles had and traded. Uh, that's a Warder Rodriguez, Rodriguez from Detroit. Hmm? He's on the DL right now, so he hasn't been, he hasn't pitched as of late. He's only on the 15-day DL. But, you know, he's a guy who's he, he's had some success this season. So trying to bring him in, I think it could be pretty beneficial for the Orioles. Um, let's see. This season alone, this season alone, he's 4-4 four and four with a 2.13 ERA. Um, 67 innings pitched. So, I mean, he hasn't really been pitching a whole lot this season. But, you know... Bringing him on, I think you can get him for pretty cheap as well. I don't think the Tigers have the best farm system in baseball. Let's see. Where's their top prospect at? Still scrolling. Their top prospect is Colt Keith. He's number 30. He's number 42. 
Um, and then you don't see... I've seen the Orioles logo pop up four times now since I've seen him. So they have one player in the top 100. So, I mean, I, I you know, I think Eduardo Rodriguez and the, and the Tigers, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think for both sides, really. Because, you know, that's a team that's not really close. Um... They had higher expectations heading into the season, you know, signing um, Javier Baez. Um, you know, they were supposed to try, like start taking that turn. Spencer, Spencer Torkelson was supposed to start playing a little better. So was um, uh, Riley Green. Yeah. He's supposed to play a little bit better this year, too. Um, and they just haven't. So, I mean, bringing on a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez, I think it makes a lot of sense for the Orioles. Um Lower the expectations, put him as that second, third starter. Lower expectations for somebody else. You know, that gives you another guy behind Kyle Gibson um, that can eat some innings for the team. And it's and is, and is a damn good pitcher. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, bullpen guys, I'm not too sure of. That's, again, you know, that's something that I'd have to look into. See who could be available. See who's pitching well. See who's cheap. See who's going to be a free agent soon. Um, yeah, I mean, another guy that comes to mind, just from a team that you've mentioned before, Jordan Montgomery the Cardinals yeah he's in a, yeah I've, I've I've mentioned the Cardinals trade what last week yeah he's I mean, four that, seven the, three six nine ERA one two nine whip um not bad for the Cardinals once again like they're just they're kind of having an underwhelming season yeah they're um, they're having a very underwhelming season so they might look to to move on from a couple guys I mean we could we could throw them a bone like a DL Hall um maybe a Colton Cowser somebody else you know what i mean like a like a frazier and you know and 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 toss them some some pieces there um yeah i mean you maybe know someone like joey ortiz as well so guys had a little bit of time up in the in the big leagues here yeah you know the nice thing for the orioles is is that they have 10 guys who you can trade and you're like like if you trade any of the top 10 okay so number one jackson holiday's not being moved I think he's the only player that's not being moved. Uh, again, unless somebody who has no fucking business playing for the Orioles becomes available, Jackson Holiday is not going to get moved. I think there's two guys you can put a lock on. It's Jackson Holiday, and I think it's Heston Kerstead. Yeah, I think. But I think you know, unless they can get unless they can get a, a really really solid pitcher, I think you can see Heston on the move. Um, I, I like, I'm, I'm not I'm not really um, I'm not really hyping that up too too much. But um, Jackson for sure, I think is the only guy that you that you don't see move. Like it would have to be somebody like the like one of the ten best players in baseball, like how the Juan Soto trade was. Yeah, you would have to give me like a Shohei or Clayton Kershaw, right? Like like what you have to give me is just unfathomable. Yeah, Max Scherzer, right? Well, he's kind of shit in the bed. Well. His contract's way too high too. Good lord. Yeah. He makes all he makes more than all of the fucking Orioles do. Yeah, we can still get uh homie that's playing over in Japan right now. Um, Trevor Bauer. We could probably sign him shit. to a contract. Dude, he could come out of the bullpen. What are you talking about? He's pitching like shit in Japan. Well, he's probably not happy to be there. I'd probably p- pitch like shit over the dude. Those those dudes in the Japanese league can fucking hit too. You know the baseball's smaller in Japan. Is it? Did not know that. The baseball is slightly smaller in Japan than it is in the States. That's probably why it's harder to fucking pitch, too. Yeah. Yeah, bring him over for the bullpen. What's up? Come, um, on, come on, Elias. What are we doing? 
point that we're making is, you know, the or the the Orioles are in really good shape with what they have going on. Dylan DL Hall's in fucking rookie ball. What was he hurt? Maybe. Bitch, I might be. He had to have been hurt. Cause he was at triple A, but says he's at rookie ball right now. Hmm. So interesting. Um but yeah, the point behind it is the or- the Orioles are in really, really prime position to go ahead and make um some big plays here coming up. Um what are those plays going to look like? I really couldn't tell you. I my personal opinion, I think it is pitching. Maybe uh not an a not an A starter, but definitely a solid guy. Not in, like and not even like a bullpen guy that you could move as a starter. Like a def like a for sure starter. Um you know, if you look at if you look at standings, you know, look at look at the bottom six teams. Mm. I would say bottom five. I think I think you can exclude the fact that the Orioles the Orioles are not going to make a trade with Boston. I think I think that's for sure. But you know, if it, if you look at a team like Kansas City, Chicago, Detroit, Oakland, I don't really know what Oakland has to offer, but um, same thing with Washington. Washington's in that Washington's again. They're in, they're in that weird position where they're still rebuilding. They don't really have anybody to trade that they want to trade. Um. <laughs> Oakland has uh they have Brent Rooker. That's that's like the only guy of value over there. He's a pitcher, right? No, he's left fielder. They have a pitcher who's not doing too bad. Recently. I mean it, starter? Uh I don't know. Because I can tell you right now, uh Waldachuk has a seven 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 point oh seven ERA. <laughs> um but you know the, a team like uh maybe the Mets, I don't know who they have on the team that's cheap that's a, that has an expiring contract. Um, St. Louis, Pittsburgh. Um, remember when they said that the, that the Pittsburgh series was going to be a benchmark for what the Orioles were going to do this year? Yeah. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Um, even a team like Colorado. Um, you know, maybe San Diego, if they, if they, if they want to free up a little bit of... I don't have it on camera. It got really, really blurry for a second. It does that sometimes. I don't know why. Um... Even like again, you know, San Diego, a, t- a team that has such a high fucking payroll right now. Maybe they want to unload a che- a guy. I guess the same thing with the Mets. You know, it's it's something that I would have to look into to see what we could possibly accomplish. We'll um, take Manny Machado back. Shit, we can't afford him. We can't afford Max Scherzer. What the fuck thinks he makes you think we can afford Manny Machado? I think he's coming up on a on being Gonzo. He's coming up on a option, I believe. On a con- on a contract option, let's see. I don't know which one it is. Roster. Yeah, I was just I was just looking at them for uh for like their pitching. You saw Manny Manny's uh name there. I mean, they have Darvish, they have Blake Snell, Josh Hader out of the bullpen. Do they still have Waka? Uh, still have Michael Waka, Joe Musgrove, um. Adrian Morahone. So I mean, they have some guys that you could make a swing for if, if you're if you're Baltimore. Um, again, I don't know. I don't know what what kind of price range the Orioles are looking to make a move for or anything like that. Um, but you know, that's a team that has such a high, that has such a high. Um, you know, they're paying so much money to so many players. I mean, Tatis, Juan Soto. Um, Xander Bogarts, Xander, Manny, Cronenworth, 
you know, they're they're paying a lot of money to their top guys. So I mean, seeing a move made um, wouldn't be surprising out of San Diego. Again, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what they're. Um, I don't know what I'm chuckling at you, Darvish's face there. I know someone did him dirty on that one. I know. I don't know what their farm system looks like. So I mean, there, there's there's definitely some options to be had. Maybe, um, maybe Friday we'll talk about the Orioles, a couple trade candidates of of and what could possibly be some um, some pieces that we move for for said pieces. Yeah, I agree, but I say we keep it moving here because we just talked a lot about the Orioles. Yeah, more, um, more than I more than I anticipated. We would. Yeah. Um, last Thursday, the NBA draft took place. Um, there really wasn't a ton that was shocking, although there was one that, uh, kind of shocked me. I'm pretty sure it shocked you as well. Um, dude falling to, was it 23? Uh, Cam Whitmore, Cam Whitmore going to 20 to Houston. Yeah. Cam Whitmore falling as, as far as it was all the way down to 20, um, yeah, Cam Whitmore was was regarded as one of the six best players in the draft, so seeing him fall to twenty was surprising. Um, turns out it was character issues. He didn't he didn't uh, not the best workouts. Didn't answer questions the best. But you know the t- t- take the talent, what you're getting out of him is you know it, it's an incredible player. So definitely a great pick there by by Houston. Um, they also came away with Eamon Thompson from Overtime Elite. His twin brother Swar went number five to the Pistons. Kind of just to round out how the lottery looked. Um, talked about it before. The foregone number one pick, Victor Wembanyama, went number one to San Antonio Spurs. Brandon Miller, number two to Charlotte. Scoot Henderson, number three to the Blazers. Um, Eamon Thompson, number four to the Rockets. Uh, Swar Thompson, number five to the Pistons. Anthony Black. Um, guard from Arkansas going number six to the Magic. Bilal. Fuck. I don't know how I pronounce his last name. Can't see it. I heard it said. Somebody said it the other day. Kulabale. That's what it is. Yeah, that 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 is how it's pronounced. Bilal Kulabale was taken number seven by. The Pacers traded to the Wizards for Jarace Walker, who the Wizards selected at number eight. Um, Taylor Hendricks, number nine to the Jazz. Kaysen Wallace, number 10 to the Mavericks. Jet Howard, 11 to the Magic. Derek Lively, the second, number 12 to the Thunder. Grady Dick, number 13 to the Raptors. And Jordan Hawkins, number 14 to the Pelicans. So, um, a lot of that was as predicted. Yeah. Um, the Jarace walk the the trade from seven to eight that was that was that was shocking, um, as a Wizards fan to say the least. But you know that kind of further further establishes the direction that the Wizards are starting to go in now. Um, and then again, you know we mentioned it the the biggest surprise of the draft was definitely Cam Whitmore going to number twenty. Um, overall. I think it was a. I mean, this is this is shaping up to be probably one of the more solid drafts. I think within the past five years, I think there's a lot of potential for what guys can do. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see how things go. 
Uh, summer- this, this is just one of those drafts that like it had like the three stars, the Victor Wembanyama, Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson, like those three guys that you knew are going to be like day one difference makers. Right. Um, <clears throat> I feel like at, like most everybody else in the draft was like, all right, like all of these guys, some are going to help a little bit more, but I feel like all of them could could help at some point. Yeah, I, I think the majority of the players that went in the first round are, are definitely going to be impact players for the team. Mm-hmm. Again, like you said, so, you know, some are going to have bigger impacts than others. But yeah, like the Thompson Twins are going to do more for their teams than, let's say, Nick Smith is going to do for the Hornets. Right, right, exactly. I mean... I th- I think that I think that's where a big strength of this draft was is yes it it was star heavy you know the top three of Victor Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson um you know there's a lot of star potential right there in the top three but it also was a very deep draft a lot of guys who are gonna you know give solid production for their teams in year in year one um so definitely a good draft overall um. I'm excited to see what Balak Hulavale is going to do for the Wizards. Yeah, I was kind of surprised because I was looking into Jarris Walker a little bit, and I, I kind of liked what I saw on him. Yeah, I agree. You know, um, he was a, he was a good character too. Do, do you know he gave up his starting spot um, for a senior to play on senior night? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's great. Um, Jarris, uh he Walker was a freshman this past year at Houston. Um, so giving up his starting spot for a guy to play on senior night is awesome. Um, you know, I was I was I was really surprised by it too because I, I I'm a I'm a I was a big fan of Walker's heading into the draft. I mean, Koulibaly is going to be he's going to be a hell of a player in two maybe three years when when the time comes for him to take right. that leap. But and the other thing with Koulibaly is what a lot of people are saying is he's a year away from being a year away. So, so he, he's definitely a developmental guy, but um, the time that he he was he was Victor Wembanyama's teammate um, in France, um, the time that he did get the opportunity to start, he really really played well. Um, I you know I, I said to you on Friday, you know if if you if you look into him, you see his stats. They don't pop off the page at all. I think he averaged six points a game last season. Yeah, it was nothing, nothing crazy. But then again, that that's what European basketball is. I mean, there there are a lot of guys who, you know, guys like Kristaps Porzingis, um, he didn't start in Europe. He was off the, he was he was off the bench. So you you see what guys can do, and, and that's and that's why you're taking them as opposed to the production that you see, um, of guys playing in college. Or or even like the G League or overtime elite like the Thompson Twins, mm-hmm. um, but you know that it, it establishes the direction. I think the or, the Orioles, the Wizards are re- are ready to go in. They took a guy in the first round who's not ready to be an impact starter year one, and they're okay with that. Yeah. Jor- Jorius Walker, I think that kind of would have put them in the same light that they're in. Like okay, let's take a guy who can help us be mediocre this year. Instead, we took a guy who is going to get playing time while we suck. And I think the real uh, lock fuck. it in, dude. The Wizards, the Wizards are okay with doing that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kulabale, like his Florida ceiling is much larger than Walker's. Right. Um, so I get it. It made it makes sense, but um, I. Don't know. 
we'll see what happens if, if Walker's that, def- that trade. Walker's definitely a safer pick for sure. But Kula, Kula Bale, you know, his his potential is so much higher. That's why I said floor to ceiling is bigger for him. Right, right. Um, so you know, it'll be very it'll, it'll be very very interesting to see what happens with all these guys. Summer league's coming up um, in a week or two. So you're gonna so we're gonna get the opportunity to see what a lot of these guys are able to do against other NBA competition, a little lesser competition, but you know guys who are gonna try and fight and scrap their way onto a um onto an NBA roster. So it'll be very interesting to see how all those guys end up performing. Victor announced that he's not gonna play in the summer league, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting to me. Um, I guess he kind of thinks that he's bigger than the summer league. Said he doesn't need to. Yeah, he probably just doesn't want to risk any injuries, maybe. I don't know. I understand that. Um Again, you know, it's it it's it's just an interesting um interesting thought behind it. I have been seeing a lot of people on Twitter because because of course, you know, I think I've even said it on the podcast before, is that we've never seen anything like Victor Wimanyama. Mm-hmm. Until I forgot about the fact that Bull Bull exists. <laughs> For real, what can what can Vic, what does Victor do that Bobo can't? I don't know. Victor seven four, Bobo seven two. They can both handle the ball. They can both shoot. Both are very very good at defense. Both look like a fucking log. <laughs> I don't know, bro. Consistency. We saw what Bobo did. No, was never really able to carve out like a major a major spot in the roster. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying that Victor Wembanyama is going to be a bust. I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. I think he's going to be a very, very, very good star in the league. But where are the differences? You know, I don't know. But there was some moves um, around the league. Um, I don't know if we talked about uh, Chris Paul being traded to the Warriors for Jordan Poole. Um, no, that, I, think that, I think that happened Thursday. That happened Thursday. So there we go. We didn't get a really chance to talk about that. Um, John Collins has also been traded as well from the Atlanta Hawks. Um, the Jordan Poole and Chris Paul trade, that was that was like a head-scratcher. But not for the Wizards, for the Warriors. Yeah. <clears throat> the more I hear people talk about it, the more like it seems like they might potentially try to move off of uh, Clay Thompson. Hmm. And occasionally run Steph Curry at the, at, at the two as as the off ball. Yes, that makes sense because he has the capability. That dude's always moving, whether he has the ball or not. Right. Um, yeah, like like his catch and shoot ability as a point guard is like insane. Yeah, he he can create his own shot off the dribble, catch and shoot. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, so there's there's been talks about that, but. <clears throat> That was just a wild, a wild trade. I never would have thought Chris Paul was getting traded to the Warriors. Yeah, de- definitely, um, definitely very, very interesting. Um, okay, interesting. The Beal trade became a three-team deal. Hmm. Became a three-team deal because, of course, so all trades that happen are not official until the league year starts, which is the first day of free agency. Yeah. But the assets that were traded from the from the Suns to the Wizards ended up going to the Pacers in the deal for Jerase Walker and Bilal Koulibaly. Uh So it became a became a three team deal. Um, 
talked about it. The official what officially has been dealt has been announced. Um, the Suns are receiving Bradley Beal, Jordan Goodwin, and Isaiah Todd all from the Wizards. The Pacers are receiving Jerace Walker, the number eight overall pick, um, a future second round pick, and a future second round a future second round pick from the Wizards and a future second round pick from the Suns. The Wizards received Chris Paul, which has now been flipped for Jordan Poole, and Patrick Baldwin the fourth. Sure. Um, Landry Shamit, Balag Kulabale, a 2024 first-round swap, 2024 second-round pick, 2025 second-round pick, 2026 first-round swap, 2026 second-round pick, 2027 second-round pick, 2028 first-round swap, 2028 first-round pick, 2030 first-round pick, a first-round swap, and a 2030 second-round pick. Um, they also were set to receive a 2029, but that got moved as a part of the draft day trade for the Pacers. Gotcha. So the Phoenix Suns do not have control of any of their draft picks until 2031. So almost 10 years from now, they will have no control of their draft picks. Well, that's life. That's life for you. Um, but yeah, Jordan Poole, uh, will now be the front man of the operation for the Wizards. He's just someone to put butts in seats. Right. He is going to be the Justin Timberlake for the team. Yes. He's there to put butts in seats. That's it. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Jordan Poole, he, he, does, he does have a lot of capabilities of being, I think, definitely a, like if, like on a, on a star-loaded team. You know, if he continues to progress, I think he could grow into probably a really, really solid second option for a team. Mm-hmm. The scoring option is there. The, the scoring capabilities are there. Um, the combo guard capabilities are there. You know, there were times where he played point next to Steph. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the capabilities are definitely definitely there for Jordan Poole. Um, I think the Oriole... Fuck. <laughs> the Wizards. The GD Wizards. Um, I think they have been, they've been doing pretty good this offseason so far. It's a really cool looking hat. I should probably get one like that. You probably should. I know. <laughs> Tan top of my head. Um, but yeah, the Wizards, they've been, a lot of questionable moves have been traded. The questionable moves have been made. Questionable trades. Yeah. Um the uh the Porzingis trade questionable. Um especially for what they got back. But I you, you know again I've I've mentioned it before the expectations they're setting are like fucking basement level. We would like to draft number 1. Right. And next year I think the top prospect for next year I want to say it's Matas Buzelis. No. DJ Wagner. Yeah. DeWan Wagner's son. Sure. Do you not know who DeWan Wagner is? No. DeWan Wagner, um, they said was better than LeBron in high school. Went to Memphis with Coach Cal. Got drafted the year before LeBron. Came in second for rookie of the year. Uh, got a heart condition. Couldn't play anymore. 
Damn. Yeah. So his son is better than him. Interesting. And Dewan Wagner scored 92 in a high school game. <laughs> Which is crazy to think about. Well, LaMelo Ball scored a shit ton in a high school game, too. LaMelo Ball was cherry-picking. Dewan Wagner wasn't. I was going to say, well, I mean, LaMelo Ball was cherry-picking. All right, let's move on. Schedule predictions for the NFL. Yeah, this is going to be the, a new, the new Tuesday segment of the podcast, minus next week. Um, if you were here last year, welcome back. If you if this is your first time being a part of these schedule predictions for the show, what we did last year was we did two teams uh, a week. This is before we were doing Tuesday episodes as well. Yep. Um. So what we would do is we would take one team from the NFC side, one team from the AFC side, and we would just go across every division until it was done. This year we're starting it later than we did last year. We started it sixteen weeks. We started it four months out last year. Maybe maybe a little less. Uh, this year we're starting at nine weeks out, um, ten weeks out, ten whatever week, it is. Yeah, ten, nine ten weeks out from, from the from game one of the NFL season. Um, so this year what we're gonna do is we're gonna do a whole division. So it's gonna be a little bit longer of a process to do, but um, this will lead us right into the. Uh, uh, this will lead us into if we. If we do it the way that I mapped it out, it'll lead us into a week before the season starts. Yep. So, we are going to be starting off, just because it was the first link that I had open on my computer, uh, we'll be starting out with the NFC East. Yeah, and you got the Philadelphia Eagles up there first, so there we go. We'll start with them. Week one at New England. Um, Yeah, I mean, Philly continuing to improve over the offseason. Losing CJ Gardner-Johnson, I think, hurts, but... Um, I think they're in. A, I think they're in better shape than the Patriots are at this point. Yeah, I like the Eagles week one as yeah. well. Okay, heading into week number two, they're going to be having a game at home for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, that is a Thursday night game. Kirk Cousins cannot play in prime time. The Eagles will win this one. Good call. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Um, I will say this, just don't let Justin Jefferson take control of that game, because if you do, good luck. That's, that's just a blanket statement. Not just for the Eagles. Not for the Eagles. That's a blanket statement. The other 31 teams. Yeah. Don't let it happen. Well, 30. 30. Well, I was just saying for every team that's not the Vikings. These are the Eagles. Regardless. Next up, uh, week three at Tampa Bay. Um, that's a Sunday game, I'm assuming. Monday. A Monday game. Okay, so a little, little bit of an extended break for Philadelphia. Um, I don't think Tampa Bay is going to be very good. Um, the quarterback position is still a question mark. I like Philadelphia with this one. I like Philadelphia as well. Uh, heading into week number four, a home game for the Washington Commanders. This is a little bit of a tough one because you don't really know what the offense is going to look like from for Washington. Mm-hmm. Having um, enemy and Sam Howe, um, who knows? Sam ha- Sam Howell could turn out to be a pretty damn good quarterback. He has the weapons. Sure. It's just what is that offense going to look like with it? If if this was a home game for Washington, I think I would swing in favor of Washington. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just week four. Um, commanders are probably still trying to figure figure it out, get their footing, new offense, everything like that. So I like the Eagles here as well. Yeah. 
Um, this one's going to come as a little bit of a shocker. I think the Rams are going to be really, really bad this year, but I think the Eagles are going to fall back down to earth. They're not going to spend as long undefeated last year as they did last year. Um, eventually I think they're going to have a fall back down to earth game traveling across the country to LA could be tough. I would like to go with the Rams here personally. See, I think the Eagles take this one. I mean, you know, again, the the Rams are not a, are, are not a very good team. Um, for the sake of it, I'll, I'll I'll rock with that one too. Um, but the only reason I say that is because I think they lose the to week the Jets. After. Yes, I was I was going to say regardless, I think they do lose to the Jets just because you know that's going to be a good team that they're going to play. Yeah, they're going to be a good team. Yeah. My thing with the Rams is, I mean, they traded away um, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, that's a good point for a, a third string tight end. Yeah. Um, they don't have anybody to cover AJ Brown or Devontae Smith. Um, and then the Eagles do have they have a pretty pretty good uh backfield as far as running game goes. So, um, and then Jalen Hurts was just an absolute dog last season. I I, I don't foresee him getting worse. Yeah. No. No. I. I yeah. I agree with you. I'm not gonna argue. I'm not gonna argue with you on that one. You know. It's. But then yes, losing to the Jets the next week. Yeah. Um, turning back around uh, from the Jets, they have a home game week seven against the Miami Dolphins. Um, bounce back win. Okay. I would agree here. And then uh, week number eight at Washington is a division game. I think Washington has it figured out by this time. They have it figured out, and the Eagles probably overlook them because they have a home game against the Cowboys the following week. Yep. Um, yeah, I think Washington takes this one. Yeah, I think that that could be a little bit of a trap game for the Eagles. With that said, I think they go on a two-game slide here. I think you know, I I think the physicality of that Washington defense really comes out against um against Philadelphia, and I I, I think going into another game with another physical defense, that Dan Quinn defense is something fucking else, man. That's true. I can see it. Okay. They lose uh they lose their home game against the Cowboys. Yeah. And then the gauntlet begins. Yeah. Then it gets re- then it gets really tough for for Philadelphia from there on out. Heading into week number eleven. They are at the defending Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs. Super Bowl rematch heading into week number eleven. Um, I think the slide continues. I do not. It's coming off a of bye week and it's on a Monday night game, so they do get an extra day out of it. Um, the Chiefs will also be coming off a bye. Ooh, NFL did did a good job on that one. Um, with knowing that now, does that change your opinion anymore? No, I still think the Eagles feel like they should have won that Super Bowl, and I think they're going to come out with a little extra fire. I think they ended up. I think they end up winning this one. Okay, yeah. I'm so so the game before their bye week, the Kansas City Chiefs are actually playing in Munich. Ooh. So, so the time again, they'll have a whole fucking week off. So, yeah, whole week. So, so it really shouldn't affect them that much. Um, I'll I'll give you the uh, the uh, the Kansas City game though, but I think they lose the next two, to Buffalo and San Francisco. Yeah, okay. I think they put all their chips into the basket to beat Kansas City. Mission accomplished. Um, then they play the Bills at home. Um, I think the Bills probably pull that one off. Then they play at home against the 49ers as well. Um. 49ers will actually have a quarterback this time. Yeah. 
Whether it's Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, or Sam Darnold. They'll have a quarterback. Yeah. It will not be Christian McCaffrey this time. That's a good point. Um, They're not losing to Dallas twice in the year. Nope. They'll beat him in Dallas this time. Yeah. And then um, I think they um, continue to bounce back at Seattle. I think they'll get it done in Seattle, too. Yeah. I mean, they're going across the country, but they'll probably go right from Dallas right to Seattle. No sense of coming back, then traveling, yep. all the jet lag. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think they'll bounce back uh, pretty well there. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, I'm not I'm not really I'm not really one to um, like I'm not huge on having division teams sweep opponents, but coming up the last three games, they're at home for the Giants, at home for the Cardinals, and then they go to New York for the Giants again. Um, I think they'll I think they'll end the season on a five game on a five game heater. Uh, I think they end up losing the last one against the Giants because I feel like they've already clinched the division. They're probably not too worried about it. Okay, people are resting. I like that. That's a, a that's a that's a good call. I don't know if they're necessarily like number one seed. Like they're like you know they're going to end up with a bye. But the division lock and key. But think? I think I mean at what point what they'll be? Is that twelve and five? Twelve and six. eleven and six. Eleven and six. Ooh, maybe I don't know. Yeah. Uh so it could be interesting. That could be interesting. Yeah, we'll see what we have going on for the rest of the NFC East real quick. Um, heading on to Washington. Mandy's up f- first week one home against the Cardinals. Uh, I think the moment will be too big for Sam Howell. Really? I do. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Jonathan Gannon will have that defense ready to play. They'll have He'll have the Cardinals ready to play. I think this may be the one win the Cardinals get all year. See, I disagree. I think the Commanders win this one. I think um, Ron Rivera has that team ready to play. Arizona's abysmal, dude. They don't have anybody. I agree, but uh, I mean, my my thought behind it is, as bad as they are, wouldn't this be the game they win? I mean, yeah, it could be. I still like the Commanders here. Part of this relationship is give and take. I'll, 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 I don't I'll, think that I'll give, I'll give on this one. I'll put it this way: I don't think the commanders start zero and four because I think they do lose the next two, and we already have them losing week four to the Eagles. Hmm. I think they do lose at Denver and then home against Buffalo. Yeah, I, I mean this Denver game that's gonna that's not gonna be a blowout at all. That's gonna be a really really close game. That's gonna be that's gonna be a gritty game. That that might be ten to seven. Yeah. Um, Buffalo. Yeah, I do think the I do think Washington would lose to Buffalo as well. Um, with that said, though, um, I just want to point out that everybody glorifies Josh Allen for having Stephon Diggs. But they don't give him shit for not having anybody else. But they give Lamar shit for not having wide receivers. I don't know. Interesting. I hate hate I hate the narrative, but that's just me. True. Um, heading into week number five, they'll be at home for Chicago. Chicago's done a lot to improve, but I do think Washington will win this one. Uh, I think so as well. Moving on to week number six at Atlanta for Washington. I like Washington again. I like Washington again as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um yes, Atlanta's done a lot to improve that defense. 
But with that said, I don't think um, I still don't think the defense did anything too crazy. And shockingly enough, because Washington always finds a way to go on that one run every year, where like, people are like, "Okay, well, this is that Washington team we, we thought about." I think they'll take care of business at New York as well. Yeah, and then um, like we said, the week after they they're at home against the uh, Eagles. Yeah, um, that 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 puts them at five and three heading into Week Nine at at New England. And now they have everybody's hope at an all time high, and it'll um, come crashing down. They're right there with the Eagles. They're a game out. For the division lead, and yeah, they're gonna lose the Patriots. Yeah, and followed up with a cross country loss at Seattle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hate to say it, I don't think the Giants get swept in this. No, uh, I yeah yeah I I agree. Um, I I don't I don't think they do either. Um, I think I think at this point, I think Ron Rivera have a fire lit under this team's ass. Um, they'll stop the slide in Dallas. Dallas will be coming off a game against Carolina. See, I don't think so. I don't think Dallas is going to lose two divisional games at home this year. Hmm. Oh, I was looking at. Okay. Um. Fair enough. I'll give you that one. I think the the Commanders unfortunately lose this one too. They will pick it up in Miami. I I do think yeah they'll um, they'll 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 write the ship in Miami. By that time, we're coming up on December. Um, it's the first weekend in December. Physicality is starting to set in. Commanders have it. Yeah. Dolphins don't. Who the hell knows if Dol- if uh Tua, Tua will, is still going to be quarterback be over there? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do like the commanders to pick this one up. They got they have to stop the slide at some point. Um, and you, know, you kind of talked about it phys- physicality wise with the Eagles playing the Rams. I like the physicality of the commanders over the Rams as well. I do as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the Rams team is going to be pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and then coming into a Week 16 game against the Jets, um, at the Jets at that point. Um, I do like the Jets here. I think the I think the Commanders do have a really good fighting chance, but I do like the Jets here. Yeah, I think I like the Jets as well. Um, by this time of the season, the Jets will probably be be they'll probably fighting for that six or seven seed in the wild card. If I had to take a stab at at things, just purely speculation. Um, yeah. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have uh have that team playing right. And I I think they're going to I think they're going to finish out with after the bye week uh, with a win, two losses and another win. I think they'll lose to San Francisco and the, and they'll they always find a way to just just to get Dallas. Yeah, I think uh I I agree with that as well. I think uh for sure they're going to lose the, to San Fran. Um and then yeah, they I mean they're going to find a way to fuck Dallas somehow. Yeah. Um which I think is hysterical. Probably, uh, let me see. Hold on, let me see. Uh, Dallas and the Commanders. That game time is to be decided. Philly's last game is to be decided. Shit. I was gonna say. I think what's gonna end up happening is they'll put like Dallas and Washington on first. Philly and uh, the Giants later. 
and the Commanders will beat Dallas, end up like fucking them out of the division title. And then Philly's like, all right, we can just rest them. Well, moving on to the Giants now. Week number one, they have a matchup against Dallas at home. Dak Prescott always doesn't play very well week one. No. Yeah, give me the Giants here. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, like, I like the Giants here week one. Um... Yeah, we've already given Dallas three losses. Well, they've lost to the division opponent. They've they've lost to their division opponent three times. I know. Um, week number two at Arizona for the Giants. Win. Yeah, I don't think that's that's very tough. Um, they'll still be on the West Coast. I think this game will be closer than what people will expect. At San Francisco, I still do like San Francisco. Yes, yeah, that that San Francisco front line is going to give that offensive line hell. Poor Daniel Jones is going to be fighting for his life. Yeah. Um, and then moving on to week number four, they'll be back home at Seattle, or for for Seattle. That is a Monday night game. Um, and fun fact that uh, that Niners game is a Thursday night game. Okay, so a little bit of a, a little bit of an extended break there for um for the Giants. Um. I like the Giants here. Yeah, I do too. I, th- I think the Giants are going to come out. They're going to start playing hot. Um, kind of similar to how they did last year. Yeah. Um, heading into week number five, they have a matchup at Miami. You know, I mean, we, we, we talked about it with Washington and Philadelphia. They have the physicality. Miami doesn't. I, I, like, I like the Giants here. I, for some, I I agree with you for the physicality, but this is early October, so the phys, like it's it it doesn't have that same setting. Um, Wink Martindale refuses to play two deep safety defenses. I I think the Dolphins win this one. How many times have we seen Patrick Mahomes beat the shit out of the? The Ravens, because he just refuses to play too deep safety so, to stop the speed of Tyreek Hill. So I will say this: you know, Miami's first four games, they have the Chargers, New England, Denver, and Buffalo. Do you think there's a chance that Tua doesn't even make it out of one of those games? Dude, there's a real chance Tua doesn't make it out of the preseason. Yeah, there's always that chance. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just kind of operating under the assumption that I just don't like. I just don't see Tua healthy for this game. Hey, you can give it to the Dolph or to the Giants. That's fine. Okay. With that said, they do lose a Buffalo. Sure. And that also is followed up followed up with a loss to Washington, heading into a Week Eight matchup with the Giant or with the Jets. So the battle for the Meadowland Stadium. The Jets will win. Okay. I'm in agreement there. Going a three-game road trip now for the Giants, starting in Las Vegas. Uh, they'll beat them. Yeah, the Raiders I, are pretty bad. Yeah, the, yeah, the Raiders aren't going to have a very good season. Um, coming in to Dallas next. Week hmm. ten. 
I think Dallas wins this one. Yeah. They I mean they've already beat Dallas once this season. Whoops. Wrong color. Haha. And then we have them beating the commanders in week um week eleven, heading to heading back home for a matchup against New England in week twelve. I think they'll win this one. Yeah, I do too. I don't th- I something about New England. It's just I think they're gonna New England's gonna be okay. They're gonna be competitive. I just don't think they're gonna be great. Yeah. Um Week thirteen they have a bye week. Week fourteen, they get the Green Bay Packers at home. Out of a bye week, what are the expectations? Cause now we're starting to get into December football. Mm-hmm. Of course the Packers, it doesn't really fucking bother them. No. The Giants win this one. It is on Monday night. Um but yeah, I I do think the the Giants end up winning this one. Yeah, I mean I mean I mean we we, we talked about health with Tua, um, you know, provided that Daniel Jones and Jordan Love are both healthy at the, at this time. I think the moment will I don't think the moment will be too big for Jordan for uh, Daniel Jones at that point. Yeah. Say what you want about him, proven vet at this point. You know, you know, you at least know what you're getting out of him. He's he's a vet. I don't know if he's proven. <laughs> well, I mean, he's proven that he can sometimes throw football. Right. <laughs> I, I, we've seen more from him than we have with Jordan Love. Yes. Yeah. Uh, heading into a Week 15 matchup against the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans wins this one. Yeah. It, yeah. In New Orleans, I think that's just going to be a really, really tough place to go into if, if you're if you're the Giants. Yeah. Um, we have them losing to Philadelphia in Week 16, giving us a matchup against the Rams um, in Week 17. We'll probably end up winning this one. Yeah, I would agree with that one, too. And then we have them closing out the season on a two-game winning streak, again with the Rams, and then with Philadelphia as well. We have them coming in at 10-7. and 10-7. Boom, there you go. So respectable. Very respectable. So Philly was 11-6. and six. Washington is... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. Philly at ten and, or Giants at ten and seven. Here we go, Dallas. The moment you have all been waiting for. Not really, but yeah, I, I imagine nobody was waiting. Um, so we had Dallas losing week one at the Giants, heading into a week two matchup with the Jets at home. I think they'll win this one. Yeah, I, I, I do, I do too. I think, I think this defense is going to be pretty good, and people are hyping it up big time. I think the defense is going to actually gonna show up. Yeah, with Dan Quinn. Um, week two, week three matchup at Arizona. I think they would demolish this team. Yeah, they're going to win, giving us a week four matchup with the New England Patriots. I think they continue their winning ways. They win this one as well. Week five, they have a matchup with the San Francisco 49ers. Call me crazy. I like them here. Uh, I don't. It's Sunday Night Football in San Fran. I think San Fran wins this one. San Fran has had their number every time they play. Okay. I think I think they go on a two-game losing streak going into the bye. I don't think they lose to the Chargers. I think they lose to the Chargers. I think the Chargers, especially with being on the West Coast. That's that's a Monday Night Football game too. I think Dan. I think Mike McCarthy will out coach Brandon Staley for a win. Yeah, but this is a homeboys revenge game against the Cowboys. 
their new offensive coordinator, the former Cowboys offensive coordinator. Drawing a blank on his name. Um, Colin Moore. Yes. I don't know. I'm just not. I, like, I'm not. I'm not big on the Chargers. I'll. I'll put this one down as a loss for Dallas. But I think. I. I think. Dallas is. I think Dallas is going to win it. That offense was mid. That offense was mid in Dallas. I think it's going to be mid when it gets to gets to the Chargers too. But they they win in Los Angeles after the bye. Yeah. Yeah. Against the Rams. Yeah. You're on a three game heater. Um, probably actually going to turn into a five game heater because I think they'll beat Carolina. I think they'll beat Carolina as well. Yeah. Uh, have them. So we have. So it's wins against the Rams at Philadelphia against at home for the Giants at Carolina, at home for Washington hosting Seattle. I think they would take care of Seattle too. I think they'll take. Well, actually, I don't know. I, I feel like this could be a sneaky game for Seattle. Good run game, two good backs, a lot of offensive weapons. And Seattle has the corners to play pretty well against the Cowboys. I'll I'll give you the, I'll give you the Dallas win here, but I, I I think the same way that you think the Chargers could uh, lose to the Cowboys, I I think uh, I think Seattle could win this game. I just know Dallas goes on that run every year where people are like, "We're back. This is it. Tits. This is fucking our time." But now I think they'll go on a two-game losing streak. They'll lose to Philadelphia, then they'll lose at home to Buffalo. Hmm. We already had the Philadelphia loss. That's not up for debate. But yes. All right. Lose to Buffalo. Lose to Buffalo. They'll beat Miami. They'll beat go Miami. to Miami and win. Yeah. Um. And this one's tough. I'm glad. I'm glad this. this is, I'm glad this is the last game that we actually have to talk about. It's this week, is a New Year's Eve game, Week 17, Dallas versus Detroit at home in Dallas. 8:15 game Saturday, December 30th. Right. Um, you know the the Detroit's a hard team to put a finger on. Um, are improvements expected? Yes, but then again, what are we going to expect from them? You know, they played really, really well down the stretch last year, running the ball really well. Um, Jared Goff was limiting the mistakes. Um, but is the moment going to be too big for Detroit? Dallas has been in this situation before. A primetime game like that, you know, Dallas just feeds on shit like that. But while they do feed on shit like that, we also have seen a track record of Dallas shit in the bed in games like this. I like Detroit here for for the reason you were saying, like the track record. Dude, last year, Detroit almost made the playoffs. Yeah. Like, they beat the Packers. They handled their fucking business. But they just needed Seattle to lose in the earlier slot, mm. which Seattle won. So Detroit was like, all right, well, we could screw over the Packers here. And they did. They walked into Lambeau and they beat them. Yeah. I like Detroit here. I like the moves that they've been making. I think they're on the upward tick. Um, I will say this about Detroit heading into this year. I think they have the biggest... I think they have the biggest gap in what they're capable of doing this year. 
I think I think Detroit has the capability of winning the division. I think they do. That's my personal choice for that division. Mm-hmm. But then again, I think they that's also a team that I could see shitting the bed. Yeah. I think there's there like like a lot of like you look at a lot of teams and you're like, okay. Uh hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Ten and seven for the Giants. Or for Dallas and the Giants. Um I think um a lot of teams you look at them and you're like, okay, we kind of have like a baseline of what they're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Detroit, I have no clue. That's because their baseline is 0 and 17. They have the potential to, to be really, really bad, I think. I don't think they, they will, but they I do have think, the potential. Yeah, they like they have the potential. They could be like abysmal. Again, I don't think they will. Um, you know, I I, th- I think the early part of the season without Jamison Williams, I think that offense is going to be stagnant, and once they get that vertical threat back, I think it'll be I think they'll be in better shape. Yeah, but that's week seventeen. He has a six game suspension. Right, like like if they, if they start off one and five, I think they're done. You know, um, you know, at that point, you know, at bringing Jamison Williams back into the fold, you know, what's what's that going to look like? It's it, it's it's going to be questionable. Um, but with that said, you're going to have to wait three weeks, uh, two weeks for us to talk about what goes on with Detroit. Trash that three, because we're not going to be here next Tuesday. Yeah. But to recap, Philadelphia winning the division at 11 and six, the Giants and Dallas both tying at 10 and seven for that division and Washington coming in at eight and nine. As it sits right now, all four of those teams make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, as it sits right now. According uh, according to what we are predicting, all four of those teams are making the playoffs. That will one change division, in three weeks. Yeah. One division winner and three wildcard teams. I think Washington just got a got a shit schedule um this year. It's yeah, it, it's 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 just it's just shitty timing. Give it a year or two and and we will have a different conversation about Washington. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um But that's what we got right now. Those yeah. are, those that is that is your prediction. That is our prediction for the NFC East. Yeah. Well, guys, that is it for a Tuesday here. Thank you guys for stopping by. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed what we had for you today. We're kind of digging at the bottom of the barrel to get some get some shit out for you there guys. There ain't shit going on. There ain't shit going there on. There is nothing going on right now in sports. I'll smack Poppy in the face right now. I'll do it. That's not fucking turning the slap box. That's a sport. <laughs> that is a sport. <laughs> we could do fucking phone booth boxing in here. We could. I bought a yeah. fucking... I saw a video of uh, two dudes in, like, wheelchairs, and they, like, get, like, wheel-to-wheel, and they just beat the shit out of each other. It's got to be, like, a Russian sport. Has to be. They're the only ones wild enough to do it. I know. Like, Russians will, like, hang out with bears. Just because. Smoke cigarettes with them. (laughs) Dude, I guarantee you, there is a bear right now somewhere in Russia smoking a fucking fat old cigarette with somebody. (laughs) Oh, yeah, dude. It has to be. It may, it may not even be a cigarette. They may they may just be like smoking meth together. 
Well, I mean, we made a movie called Cocaine Bear based off a true story, so why the fuck not? Yeah, that's a good point. But, like, a bear, like, eating a bag of cocaine is, like, a lot different than, like, a bear smoking meth. Dude, these people in Russia probably put, like, a gas mask on him and, like, forced him to smoke it and then, like, wrangled it off of him. And they're just, like, watching to see what he does. Probably terrorized the whole village. <laughs> he, he, he probably uh, probably jumped through... The bear probably jumped through somebody's window and took the and took the pet cat out of a blind rage. Just want everybody to know we do not support getting animals high. That is animal abuse. We do not yeah, support yeah, that. Yeah, don't don't do that. Okay? Don't don't do that. We're just joking. It's all jokes. Seriously, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. We're we're not we're not we're not here condoning the fucking bear smoking meth. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. There's no evidence of that even happening. But we're not but we're not here to support that. <laughs> we're not here to support that. So let's go ahead and get on out of here before we get ourselves in fucking trouble. Um, we'll catch you guys later. Everyone stay safe. Have a good week. Make Friday. Choices. We will see you Friday. We'll see you guys later.